there's no doubt that the old politics of the two-party system is now gone and over. I don't need lectures from you or anybody on, on the Sinn Féin side of the house. We're very reluctant to kind of say what's red lines, but, but we do have to take climate seriously. There's going to be constant criticism, there's going to be a lot of disappointment, and whoever goes into government is going to be unpopular. Okay. Hello, welcome again to RTE's Your Politics podcast. I'm Anja Lawler, with me our correspondents Micheál Lehan and Paul Cunningham. And we were saying just before we started, we should probably, we're sitting here, uh, Micheál, you have a water, Paul and I have a coffee. Um, we should probably be clutching stiff whiskies, really, after the bizarre um, week that's happened. On the podcast a week ago, we brought you the news that was just breaking. That Sandra Hurley had yes. breaking news, yeah. And here we are. I, I'm just flabbergasted. Yeah, well, I'm flabbergasted. I'm 37 years in there. I've never seen, I, I never even imagined, actually, a day like today. Well, I was sitting in the um, Public Accounts Committee for the first session between half one and around three o'clock. And it was um, interesting because you often hear people saying there was jaw-dropping evidence. At one point, I was looking around at another journalistic colleague and his mouth was wide open as some of the evidence was being given. And there was times in that room where people couldn't believe what they were hearing. So um, all of it is particularly bad for RT and the only um, silver lining might be that politicians could see that the information which was volunteered was RT fronting up in relation to the problems. Then again, I was got a few texts from the committee members at the end of the hearing. They all said it was a dark day, that it was damning and the things were even worse now than they had been at the beginning. I was there for the later half of the afternoon. Um, I forget who said it. The scars of this committee meeting will run deep in RTE for years to come. And, you know, there's documents to be sent in. There's queries about the expenses that were attached to this barter account and the freebies for or, or not free. What would you call them? Corporate I don't know. Entertainment. Yes, of, of commercial clients. Uh, so, I mean... There's going to be revelations about the top 100 earners. There's going to be rev- revelations about allowances. We learned there's one member of staff who has a car deal. There's going to, we're to talk about a register of interest. I mean, there's an awful lot more to come here, Miho. Yeah, and as well as all that, for the first time ever now, you have the Public Accounts Committee who have powers to fully investigate RTE's finances. And of course, that will be done by the Controller and Auditor General. Uh, so that's a type of scrutiny that RTE hasn't who faced before. Who seemed really interested, representatives at that meeting of the Public Accounts Committee today and paying very close Didn't attention. Didn't say a word, but his eyes were wide open. Yes. Interesting too that Seamus McCarthy has told the pack in the past he doesn't watch TV. Well, Just he was certainly watching. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting perspective. He was certainly watching the executives um, today. Um, so I suppose it began as one thing, didn't it? it? Began as trying to figure out how Ryan Turberty's payments were, yeah. the published payments were were understated, and I suppose the answers to that are beginning to look a little bit clearer as to how it all happened. And of course, there's a very clear verdict uh, from the chair of the RT board that this was all done. Uh, for concealment, that that view stated clearly now, a lot more clear than it was yesterday. And that was notable The this was a vehicle designed to deceive. And that yeah. was from the chair. And that words was far more stronger than had been said yesterday. Yeah. And there's also this question, because the key moment appears to be um, a Zoom meeting that took place between yeah. the former director general and Noel Kelly, who was the agent for Ryan Tubridy. And there was a legal note of that meeting. There's no written record of it, but there is a note, a legal note. 
and whether that can be provided to the committee. And that's the issue um, which comes down to legal privilege. In other words, if this is a legal note and it's akin to legal advice, then you have a constitutional right not to disclose it. And so Paula Maluli, who's a senior legal representative from RT, said she'd taken legal advice this morning as she anticipated this question coming up. Would that document be released? And her strong view was that it um, couldn't be because of other contractual and legal issues associated with it. The view of the Public Accounts Committee members was this is critical, it is crucial, it has to be released. And that was coming from the Chair, Brian Stanley, the former Labour leader, Alan Kelly, all of them saying the thing, the same thing, you have to release this because that's the crux of it. How was the deal constructed? Who did it and for what reason? And if that document, you know, answers all those questions, well, then why can't we see it? So they both stated their positions, no resolution to it just yet. That's one mm-hmm. to watch. And there seemed, uh, certainly looking over the, at the responses of the, the new, the newly arrived chair, uh, Shun Nirahali, uh, at the Arts and Media Committee meeting yesterday. And again, today, of course, she has apologised to Minister Martin because it emerged that uh, she hadn't informed the minister yeah. about uh, seeking the resignation of the outgoing, uh, or the former, I should say, Director General. Um and the lack of transparency about that. And there seems to have been a concern and the secretary to the board as well spoke about that, that there are ongoing processes. So labour law and potential legal difficulties with all of this. That, that she didn't tell the, the seems minister. Seems to be a concern. Yeah, I, I think that was forgiven. I, I think there was a kind of a feeling last night that that could be a really serious issue when it came to trust uh, between the political system and RTE, which is just kind of barely hanging by a thread anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Catherine Martin, when she spoke today, say kind of trying to explain the context of last Saturday's meeting and how it was slightly about something else even though I mean people would think that that fairly key bit of information should have been communicated uh, Shuni Rahali as well saying she'd apologised and the Secretary General of the Department saying well once you had a kind of a general conversation about ongoing disciplinary uh, issues you're probably okay uh, so I think I think that there <coughs> there's a pass being given on that one so that more puts the attention back on the executive board doesn't it if there is going to be some kind of intervention or some push politically it seems to be coming down on that area rather than the board and uh, certainly an appetite from politicians of course there there were two people who couldn't attend for health reasons uh, the director of content and the former director uh, general uh, and certainly politicians have expressed an interest uh, in hearing from them in the future and there's also interest in hearing from Ryan Tuberty himself and also his agent, Noel Kelly, and a lot of questions about from politicians today, uh, particularly at PAC, about the role of the agent in RTE. I mean, there was a view taken by politicians and expressed really bluntly that when it came to negotiations, the agents, and Noel Kelly's name came up repeatedly, were sort of 10 times faster, smarter than the RTE executives. And there was a sense of question being asked, like, where were they going to go to? these presenters who are Mm -hmm. seeking. um, Now, let's be clear, that's what an agent does. An agent goes in, negotiates the best deal they possibly can and gets a commission of it. So there's no surprise about this. But certainly from the political point of view, it was the RT executives hadn't stood up to those self-same agents and time and time again had been beaten. And there was a suspicion of, you know, why aren't you doing it better? Or why haven't you at least sought or considered in some of these cases to make these presenters employees And on that basis, you don't need an agent to be doing any negotiations at all. You say, this is the job, this is what it's worth. If you want to apply for it, great. And if you don't like the terms and conditions, good luck. 
clear yeah. head that, that that's the way things are going to move now. Uh, Shuni Rahali saying that. Yes. That that's the way it has to go. And this talk about a changed uh, media landscape uh, feeds into that as well, that that's the way it's going to be. She said to you yesterday that, that RT was, in her view, bidding against itself uh, when it came to, to those negotiations with agents. Which is telling. Yeah. Because it's something that yeah. people were saying all the time. And the contrast of all of this, Paul, there was uh, a staff protest outside RTE the other day. Uh, you spoke at it. I was there. I heard you speaking to colleagues about your time as a freelancer and the treatment of freelancers that we work alongside at the moment. At the Arts and Media Committee yesterday, uh, it emerged that RTE had settled 1.2 million euro with the revenue commissioners over the bogus self-employment. And there's more money being set aside. More than a million. Yes. So it's the compare and contrast, isn't it, that has that led to what we saw with that protest at RTE the other day yeah, from staff and, members. And it also came up in branch meetings that we've had inside RTE with the National Junior of Journalists where people were identifying um, problems that they were dealing with where the just basic equipment wasn't working, it wasn't up to standards. They were working around it. They had put in requests, they tried to improve it and were told there was no cash. Or you could see freelancers who are, you know, the people... And I was a freelancer for five years, as you mentioned. You know, the people have to do everything at a drop of a hat. They have to turn around. They have to come in when other people want to go. It's a hard stint. And yes, they didn't feel that they were getting the remuneration or the um, appreciation or the assistance in how they were doing it. So if you juxtapose that against, as I said, at the demonstration on Tuesday, special deals being done for special people, that was a real jet fuel for the anger and a sense that um, the executives were not doing this, sorry, excuse me, not all executives, the senior executives were not doing what they should have been doing. And that's what's driving it in the context mm-hmm. of the staff. They, just as yeah. much as people outside, want to see that whole culture change. And it was interesting, again, uh, the chief financial officer, um, when he was talking both yesterday and today, and particularly in relation to this instruction that the 75,000 top up, which fell due to to Ryan Tuberty, that that be described as consultancy uh, in the uh, the invoice and taking comfort for the fact uh, that that had been approved by the director general was the the statement that was made. And then we had the chair talking about silos within RTE and people who maybe should have spoken up not speaking up but still again if we haven't heard everybody's account of what did or didn't happen there but a lot of questions Yeah this culture and again today uh, Shuni Rahali talking about hierarchies dominating uh, within RTE and people not not being able to, to question things. So as it was interesting when Richard Collins kind of gave more detail as to what happened when the alarm bell started ringing about those payments on the 7th of March, much earlier than we had thought. Mm-hmm. And he gets a call from the auditors and he goes to the Director General D. Forbes mm-hmm. and he says, what is this consultancy stuff? And he's told it's something to do uh, with Noel Kelly, Ryan Turberty's agent, who has been providing consultancy to RTE as to how RTE presents itself uh, during covid uh, that's what he's. That's what he's told. It's it's about, and he goes back to the auditors with this information, and they're not happy. But they, they don't they don't buy it, and it seems from there on in those days that follow uh, that the crisis really begins to to take hold. Yes, I suppose there's two things there. One is that this is um, Mr. Collins' account of what happened when it was just himself and D Forbes, and we've yet to hear from D Forbes yeah. or herself about what happened. But it exactly is that that was the flag, and part of that I, I hadn't heard a clear answer, but was that. Mr. Collins had taken this barter account 
or this vehicle to deceive, um, if you want to take the terminology from the chair of the RTE board, but he'd taken it into the governance of the Department of Finance within RTE, which meant that it was far open to scrutiny. So that was an action he had done. Yeah, um, and it but, well and truly blew up in his face. But <laughs> he was really falling apart by the end of the PAC meeting. Yeah, And it also raises the question of the timeline because RTE, uh, the acting director general, Adrian Lynch, had insisted yesterday that... Interim. Interim. interim Deputy sorry, director sorry, general. Yeah, I've got my title. Is he interim deputy director? He's deputy director and, and interim. Oh, he's interim deputy director general. Oh. In any ways, I really do <laughs> wish I had that whiskey now. Um, so he'd been insistent yesterday that Ryan Tuberty did not know before he made his announcement uh, that he was leaving the late late, stepping down yes. from the late late, that he did not know about this. Yeah. Today we heard, given the new timeline, it is possible. Again, we don't know. Yes. But he- it is possible. So he didn't quantify the possibility. So is well, he opened inf- it. He is well and truly oh, he opened did. the possibility. He went back, he checked through his records and he had a, a chat uh, with the, or an email conversation of some type with the director of content, uh, Jim Jennings, who is ill at the moment and unable to attend the, the, the committees this week. Uh, and he says that happened uh, in the days after that knowledge in Orchie exists. It's it's in there from March the 7th. So for all those reasons, yeah. uh, there is now a possibility, a possibility at least, that a knowledge is, is kind of becoming widespread. Yeah, the but we've got, and what we know is that we know that um, the uh, Deloitte auditors, there were one people who were aware, Mr. Collins, he was aware and he had told the Director General or former Director General, so that's three sets of people. And we know that Deloitte, having heard the explanation relayed to them by the chief financial officer and also Deloitte having spoken to the former director general, that Deloitte continued to have concerns. They weren't happy with the explanation that they had been given is the account we have so far. And then we've got the board, just to continue the timeline, if people aren't lost already. So the board um, hears about it on St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. The so Audit the and Risk Committee of the Board, yes. yes. And then they consider it and then it's informed and the chair of the board is informed. So then you head into a wider. So, I mean, how long are these hearings going to go on? Well, it's a different thing now, isn't it? I mean, if there's going to be such detailed scrutiny of, of RTE expenditure uh, way beyond what, what this whole controversy began with. So it could go on for several months. I mean, the, the work that has to be done by PAC, even leaving aside this particular part of the controversy is extensive. Uh, so PAC is back in the big time politically, no doubt about that. I mean, boxes. I mean, Alan Kelly, um, the Labour TD, was listing off all the documents that he wanted in relation to numbers of people, um, uh, your pay, pay rates for people, question of cars, you want to know about pensions. Um, I mean, box loads and box loads are going to be heading into the committee. And with these additional powers that they secured from the Doyle earlier on in the week, I mean, they can ask for more and compel to get more if they should so choose. And then one of the other issues, which is pending now, we've got Minister Martin who's to consider finalising the terms of reference for external review. And once again, that's going to run on for weeks and weeks and weeks. But she also has an option if she's not happy with the answers she's secured from the two sittings of um, the PAC and the uh, Joint Oireachtas Media Committee. And why would she? Um, She has uh, uh, also the opportunity of appointing under the law, under the Act, um, an authorised officer to go into RTE and to demand whatever they want to demand. So, I mean... But you do, I mean, you do have a big review that's going to be ready to rock probably tomorrow. You have the Public Accounts Committee with massive powers. 
um, there is a lot there already before taking taking that final step and you've requests on mm-hmm. others to appear before committees. Mm-hmm. Is it enough though? I suppose that Except here's the thing, Michal, and again, we were hearing more about this in the early days last week, but RTE's debt level being at borrowings being at 95 million, the debt level, the limit on borrowings is 100 million. Um, I don't know. Again, we've heard politicians say Verona Murphy was saying today, this is going to have an impact on revenues. This is going to have an impact on commercial revenues coming in. And politicians again saying, you know, regular People who have always paid their taxes are now saying, I will not pay my license fee this mm. year. And they are saying that to their politicians. So you could see how RTE would be in need of government support sometime in the near future, unless, if those revenues are seriously impacted. Because all of this is against the backdrop of a financial crisis that the former director general and the former chair addressed a lot with politicians over the last number of years. Unfortunately, they addressed it with the politicians, but they didn't get the answer. So if there was an objective set out, which is to try and um, secure long-term funding, um, it was a failure. That's why we're in the situation now where the finances, as you said, um, are up, uh, up in the air. It's all in question. Which, you know, and where's this investment in journalism going to come from? Because, and again, this goes back to it's not special pleading for journalists' jobs, but there's a point, isn't there? You know, if, if you're going hand to mouth, if you're existing on, you know, short term contracts or in a not very well paid job, how can you be an effective journalist? How can you have agency in your job? It's, a, it's an open question, isn't it? And I think that that point is going to be reached sooner rather than later. So it's all very depressing, isn't it? It is. And I suppose it's just how many big more days you'll, will you get like this at the committee? Will Ryan Tuberty appear at, at a committee? That that it's something that, that, that seems when you think about the, the, li- mm-hmm. the likelihood of that happening a few months ago it seems seems remarkable. Will, Brian Verona Stanley, Murphy as well very strong on the fact that she felt people who weren't before the committee today were being scapegoated. Yes, uh, I suppose it is interesting too at the very beginning of the committee Brian Stanley the chairperson said that they are going to seek those powers of compelability to try and get D Forbes to appear and careful in his language saying when it would be medically appropriate for her to do so. I think if that is to run a certain course, given what's happened before, if they do seek the powers of compelability, well, they could well be challenged in, mm-hmm. in the courts. And of course, there is the precedent around the Angela Kearns case there, if ill health is cited, and then the Oireachtas would get caught for the cost. So I think there's a risk probably uh, for them there, but there's no doubt there is a kind of a, an enthusiasm and a determination within the Public Accounts Committee now on this issue that's, that's, not, that's going to be unrelenting. And they're going to keep up the focus as well on Toy Show the Musical. They want to know the sums there. Yes, um, Rory Coveney, who's the um, head of strategy in RT, was questioned about that because we know that this was a big initiative. We know it um, went down the tubes and we know that um, losses were made. What we don't know is... The uh, how to quantify them and Rory Coveney was he asked said there's some good songs there how could you quantify that <laughs> good songs come on and he said that um, <laughs> he said lots but um, he said that there Can was some Can you sing any of them? <laughs> I didn't hear them <laughs> didn't hear them yeah exactly there was some commercial sensitivity. we won't get to hear them this year but maybe in the future so he was unsure Sure up. He was unsure as to whether or not he was going to be able to divulge all of the information. So, you know, in the committee, you could see uh, we want to know the top 100 players that's coming down the line. Want to know more about the, or sorry, earners. (laughs) Want to know more about the, you know, there's so many different requests in now. As you said, uh, Michal, this is going to be unrelenting. It's going to be coming up every week. Um, And 
it has the capacity to roll on through the summer and still be sitting there in September. Remember the false investigation. And actually, that was one of the, I mean, that's what one of the TDs said mm. today. We're getting into false territory here, that false expenses, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. Where details emerge of people visiting should, NASA headquarters. Should, and I suppose just one, one point that's worthy making. This is all self-inflicted. Yeah, and actually, the other thing is, there was a phrase again we've heard a lot. Uh, it was an RTE slogan for a while, the truth matters. Um and the, I hated, actually, I hated that slogan. I hate all slogans, actually. I think we, we should just be doing our job. And yes, of course, the truth matters. It's, but anyway, so does motherhood and apple pie. But the point is, we told the public the truth matters. We, you, we all, we go out day after day. If a politician is in, you know, isn't in a scrape, has questions to answer, we stand in front. We can't hide behind words. We look them in their eyes and we do our best to go through whatever weakness there might be in their argument, like a dose of salts. That is our job, to hold them to account. And it's been really interesting because that matters. It actually does the holding to account, but that means the holding to account of RTE. And it has been actually really interesting over the past two days of appearances, watching a culture that doesn't appear to be used to being questioned in, say, for instance, the way that politicians know this is the way it works. Absolutely. And I think there was a sense that there was a number of the RTE executives who began to flag by mid-afternoon. Um, they seemed, uh, for want of a better word, they were beaten down um, because the questioning was relentless. Round after round, 15 That's minutes, the another round after committee round. For you, yeah. And it was, you know, this was Senior Hurland, this was the Champions League, mm. this was different. And what's more, the, the central bit, I suppose, is where it all began. That's kind of been dealt with. Yeah, it's not fully clear, but, but there's a large sense of it now, isn't there, as to, as to how that all worked, that yeah. tripartite agreement and... And people have owned up to the fact that, yeah, it was it was about concealment. But I mean, let's see, I think we can't we can't say that, you know, more than 90 percent until such a time as um, D Forbes gives some form, some of information. I mean, questions were being asked that. today about is this, you know, because of the, nat the nature of the payment, were all the tax rules, you know, sorted mm, out? What's the advice so far is, yeah, we're probably OK legally, we're probably OK, but state aid. I mean, there are all kinds of questions and all of this will have to be rigorously examined, um, one presumes, uh, before we can have complete confidence. Can't, yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah, I just think it's gone. It's gone so much wider now, isn't it? It's, 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 it's a massive investigation of RT finances generally. Exactly. It's now a general search and that means it's going to last a long time. Yeah. Long cold winter ahead. Yeah, I think it will be. We'll be talking about the end of the year. But the public the have the, the right to expect no less, don't they? I yeah. mean, again, it was pointed out again at the Arts and Media Committee yesterday. People are prosecuted. You know, people have faced prosecution for not paying their licence fee. Yeah. And that's why we have to take it. And as, as journalists ourselves, we also have to follow that story. Um, it's, a, it's a story and it'll be treated like any other story, but it's up to us um, to do that work. OK, well, it's the only story, really, we've spoken about this week. We'll go back to... Well, I hope we'll be able to go back to say, Don't yeah, make any like, promises there. Yeah, I hope we're not still just for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, but anyhow, if we are, we'll do our best to report Indeed. it as honestly as we can and, you know, talk to you as, as fully as we can about it. So that's it from Michal and Paul and me. Um, I've got to do a conference call, so there'll be no whiskey. I'm going to be good and go to bed early and you guys are going to go back to work. And... Uh, 
See you next week. Yeah, good luck. Thank you for listening.